Welcome to Sustainable Futures, the sustainability podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing, data, and analytics business. In each episode, we speak to senior experts from a wide range of disciplines to bring understanding to complex topic areas and to shine a light on pressing social and environmental issues facing businesses. These podcasts are designed to enable marketers to create sustainable futures for brands. So hello, everyone, and welcome to Kantar's Sustainable Futures podcast. This is a Sustainable Marketing 2030 mini-series um, where we will be exploring issues that have come out of the work that Kantar has done with the World Federation of Advertisers on the intersection of sustainability and marketing. We'll be talking more about that in the future. But I'm delighted to be joined today by... Poppy, Sam, and Aslam, and I'm going to ask uh, each of the guys to introduce yourself. So Poppy, I don't know whether you could kick off. Sure. Thank you, Jonathan, and lovely to be here, and, and thank you for having us on this podcast. As you mentioned, my name is Poppy. I'm Chief Growth and Impact Officer at a business called Waterbear, which we'll go into shortly. Um, but essentially, my role spans how we can use marketing and creativity as a force for driving growth, community engagement and impact. Thanks, Poppy. Sam? Hi, Jonathan. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Um, just to echo Poppy, really, uh, I'm also working at a company called Waterbear, and I'm the Chief Executive, um, which obviously is a little bit of a do whatever you need to be do doing role. Um, but it's uh, wonderful to be here. And as Poppy said, we really focus on how we can bring the worlds of storytelling, impact, creativity, and movement building together under one roof. Brilliant. It's such a privilege to have you both. So thank you for joining us. And Aslan. Hi, everyone. Really glad to be here again. And um, a little bit like Sam, actually, in Sustainable Transformation Team of Counter, we do whatever needs to be done. Uh, but I'm a, a senior partner in the team which manifests itself as responsibilities in terms of building capabilities of Kantar on sustainable transformation, but also I led, and that's the reason why I'm here today, the Sustainable Marketing 2030 study on the Kantar side. Great. Thank you, everyone. We'll be going into more detail on, on each of these things. So um, why don't we just jump straight in? Sam, I'd love for you to just talk us through the genesis of, of Waterbear and, and the journey you've been on from from the founding to, to where you are today? We are a bit of a ragtag bunch of filmmakers, media execs, entrepreneurs, and kind of impact and, and frontline movement builders. Uh, and really our story started um, about three or four years ago uh, when we were working on a, a number of feature documentaries, one of which was called My Octopus Teacher. Um, and it really confirmed the hypothesis that we had that there was a community out there that wanted to engage more deeply, not only with stories uh, like My Octopus Teacher, but also with each other. And we set out to build a, a collaborative impact media network. So a network uh, in the media space that was built off, off different principles, really, different measures of success, which we will touch on. How we could create deep engagement, how we could drive action, how we could drive people to connect with each other and to, to great causes. So three years ago, in the middle of deepest, darkest pandemic, we, we launched Water Bear to the World. Um, and the press really called us the Netflix for nature, um, which we kind of stole, uh, but then also really reminded people there was a lot more to our, our story. And we 
unlike Netflix, where you kick back and watch a lot of content, we really wanted people to lean in and, and, and lean into the content and the campaigns and the, the ability to, to take action. Where we are three years on um, is a, a growing team of about 50 odd people. Uh, we have kind of three core things that we do. We tell great stories through Waterbear Studios, really collaboratively telling stories. So how do we work with diverse voices? How do we work with young, incredible creators and, and build equity in that in that storytelling process? We have waterbear.com, our platform and, and mobile app, where you can obviously watch these stories and lean in, take an action. And we've got something new on the boil, um, which really links to today's conversation, which is the Waterbear Academy uh, working title, uh, which is an internal transformation tool through storytelling for amazing companies and organizations around the world. So really bringing all of these things together in a master theory of change. How do we engage people? How do we build agency? How do we enable connection and collaboration? And how do we drive impact and action? It's incredibly comprehensive, isn't it? And the, as you said, it's hard to believe that it's only three years since founding. Yeah, we haven't slept a lot. Um, and I wouldn't say uh, the, the work-life balance is quite where I want it to be. Um, I'm more in the favor of balance rather than work-life balance. But um, no, we, we have an incredible team, Jonathan. We, we are so grateful to have some, some superstars who, who really uh, make, make everything possible at Waterbear. And I guess we are just completely united in this, this shared purpose that media needs a little bit of a shake-up. We need to think differently about how we tell stories from the production process through to the actual distribution mechanisms. And again, how we actually drive change at the systems level and use storytelling in the conversations that we've obviously had many of with, with Kantar and the wonderful work that, that you guys do. So it's an exciting time. Um, we do feel like we're, we're just getting started. Um, and yeah, very exciting to kind of announce in some ways that we're kicking on to the new year with new investors, new funding round and, and, and a wholly new um, and revised vision. So it's a, it's a busy time at HQ, let me put it that way. It's always a busy time, I think, for you guys. Well, more, more of that later. Thanks, Sam. So Poppy, I, so Sam started to talk there about Waterbear's theory of change, which is, which is a comprehensive theory to, to drive action. It'd be great if you could just go into a bit more detail for us about that. We were fortunate enough to be able to set up the business um, from from scratch three years ago. So everything has impact at its core, from how we set up the organisation to how we're measuring impact um, to everything we're doing day to day. We want to be able to see and measure that kind of tangible impact, that tangible change. Um, as Sam said, our, our theory of change is really based on storytelling, driving action. Um, and that community movement building piece. Um, we look at impact at multi-levels. Um, so we have multi-stakeholders, um, multi eight stakeholder groups, in fact, that we measure impact for. That spans our NGO partners. Um, Sam didn't mention this, I don't think, but we have 150 NGO partners that we work with day to day, spanning the global behemoths of Greenpeace, Conservation International, to much smaller organizations on the ground, such as Rewilding Europe and Foundation Conservation Carpathia. So we're looking at how we're creating tangible impact for our NGO partners. We're looking at how we're creating impact at the film filmmaker stakeholder level. Um, so as Sam mentioned, we work with young emerging filmmakers. Um, it's a very, very difficult market out there for, for young talent and next generation filmmakers. Um, so we really want to do what we can to champion and bring them into the media industry um, and kind of 
kind of give them a voice, give them a platform. Um, so to that end, we have a decentralized production model. We are making sure that we are telling stories from global north and global south. Um, we're working with over 150 filmmaking partners around the world um, so that we're telling stories, authentic local stories, rather than telling the stories from our kind of Amsterdam and London bases. Um, we measure impact at the what we call the kind of member, the citizen level. Um, so to that end, we have our platform, which tracks the impact that an individual is having um, or taking or making. So that could be looking at um, where a, where an individual or a citizen has come into the platform, what they're doing when they're engaging with the platform, what kind of content they're watching, how long they're watching content for, at what point during a film they take action, what is the action they're taking. And then we can start tracking that kind of before and, before and after so that that impact that a film is is really having at a grander level we'd love to be we'd love to be driving big systemic change um and that's our, our kind of major overarching focus um not an easy task but we've got partnerships with mega mega partners like the ellen MacArthur foundation that are also focused on that systemic change um, and we're looking at how we can use stories to accelerate systems change um i only touched on three of the stakeholder groups there but there are another five and that spans kind of the investors, um, partners, um, and many others. So we're really looking at that end-to-end impact journey of, of those stakeholder groups. I don't think we've spoken about this before, but I'm just intrigued by the the investor stakeholder there and, and how you interact with them and, and, and what that looks like. Absolutely. This is Sam's favourite topic. So I'm going to, having just done a year of raising with investors. Yeah, if, if, anyone, if any of our investors are listening, thank you. And then I'll... They are a wonderful bunch, and look, we we, we have a business first approach, um, and we, we we are we are unashamedly a business, obviously a, a B Corp, and, and really set up the company with the B Corp certification and other certifications in mind, um, and we're very proud of our score of one hundred and twenty six point six when we when we uh, certified. The investors we have are 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 not in this business um with with a kind of shareholder first mindset um it really is um a a group of of impact investors really bridging that kind of impact roi and obviously financial roi of course um as waterbear scales and grows and we are, are, are monetizing our platform the key thing is how does our commercial hypothesis really intersect in an additive and collaborative way with our impact hypothesis because i think lots of people in, in different sectors, but particularly in media, will will slightly lose that that red thread when when you start thinking, okay, how do we commercialize this? How do we monetize that? Or or default to um, more of a philanthropic um, donation based model to keep their storytelling or keep their their media platforms alive. And we're really trying to to innovate within that commercial space to in, intersect that that impact and, and commercial hypothesis. So the investors we've got are it's a long term thinking uh, strategy. They're not in this for a quick win and a quick exit. We really have a, a kind of 10 to 20 year horizon here at Waterbear. How do we build a global community that lives on? How does a steward ownership approach come into this? How do we enable a, a vision and values to really be at the core of our company governance? Um, and that's something that I really enjoy chatting to our board about. And we've got some incredible um, thinkers and advisors and, and investors who have supported Waterbear from, from day one. I'm just very proud to say, our new cohort um, from from the United States are, are, are joining joining the family at, at the moment. That's fabulous, and you know, with the different governance structures and so forth. And you talked before, Sam, about media needing a shakeup. Is this how, what partly uh, investors respond to? 
yes, in 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 a in a word, um, I think there there has been an acknowledgement at the investor level um, that the trends of the last twenty years within the digital digital or performance marketing space are starting to to, to shift, which I think you know many people are aware of, and how these investors can be at the forefront of of enabling a new system um for for creative communications marketing and transformation that as i mentioned before is built off different principles of 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 success and that has been something that the whole board of directors and and wider shareholding group of the company have have been very very motivated about um i also think this idea of scale in the impact space is something um that we we need to talk about um because i think for for many general entertainment platforms and media platforms and i won't for one minute say we're even in that category yet um the the issue is how do we scale this type of storytelling and these types of 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 high quality character driven you know slightly slower media types of, of of stories and it's an interesting challenge because the data that comes back you know netflix have just released their uh most kind of comprehensive engagement report and it kind of speaks for itself right the type of content that the bigger audiences are watching is not necessarily the type of content that that water bear would be would be known for and i think there is a really rich conversation that we are having at the investor level jonathan and how how do you find that that entertainment based trojan horse and 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 find scale and aggregate um structure to be able to to really get these stories into the hearts and minds of 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 millions if not billions of people and you know a boy can dream. Um, that's 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 really the the plan that we're trying to crack with them, and certainly the the new investors that we've got coming on have have incredibly big ambitions and 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 come from that world, and really want to apply what they've learned building and running some of the biggest media companies in the world to what we're doing and, and thinking about innovative ways to scale. Just to um just to jump in there, it's also you've got the challenge of scale versus impact, um, and which one you need to focus on, which one you need to focus on first. You know, you're talking about the investors looking at that um, as as a new a new shift for the media industry, right? And and that's why they're involved in Waterbear. But it's everyone is crying out for a different media industry. You've got clickbait titles you've got sensationalist headlines you've got disinformation misinformation you've got such a a, this kind of perpetuating cycle of of paid media we talk about impressions clicks likes just just not meaning anything it's just fake value really 100 percent. but then you've got this dichotomy of to reach to really drive change you need to reach the masses and to reach the masses how do you reach the masses without getting sucked into that cycle um because you need to reach the masses to make as much impact as possible um so there's this real push and pull i think with with all of our partners and with what we do day to day thinking about we want to create as much tangible impact as possible to do that we need a big audience but we also want that audience to be engaging fully and doing things and and there's this it's um it's a really interesting challenge day today of how you market things in the right way how you use paid media as a function for good to drive that change um and it's um it comes back to thinking about how we can i guess transform marketing and use marketing and creativity for good and just listening to you both talk you've got this coalition of pressures haven't you and which are actually all going to be driving forces i think in making waterbear successful in the future i think that's what if you look at previous models of disruption i think that's exactly what happens they grow not just out of one particular you know, economic, societal, um, technological trend. It's a, it's a series of pressure points, isn't it, which you're describing? 
I couldn't agree more. And it's it's a compound problem. And I think if you if you if you think of it, um, it's an interesting challenge to build a product that actually delivers that, right? Because every product person in the world will tell you you need to focus and you know crack crack the small things and then and then grow. But I I do think the community building strategy of Waterbay is a compound problem, and people come at it through so many different entry points. Um, and even if you you really hone that target audience and persona that you're going after to the nth degree. There's there's so much intersectionality. There's so much um, kind of human behaviour difference in in what people are interested in and what their personal entry points are to to this to this work that you need to think of it quite holistically. I think and and that does present an interesting product development challenge, which is something that we're going through at the moment um, very transparently. It's you know how do we elevate our product to the next level and and what is the framework we're going to use to actually to actually get there. Um, but I think it's 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 enriching work. And I think we, we really are um, trying to be as collaborative in that process as possible. And I think that that interesting nuance that I think is more broadly applied to the future of business, Jonathan, is, is you know, that, that co-petition collaboration space and how do we actually um, bring bring those different viewpoints and voices to the table, which which is obviously something I think the world is waking up to, which is, which is brilliant. You both started talking there um, about marketing and marketing transformation, um, which, uh, which is a perfect segue into the next question, which I want to put to Aslam, which is around um, sustainable marketing 2030. So Aslam, could you just give us, the, the, the listeners, a headline of, of the partnership and the work? So sustainable marketing 2030 study, is, uh, it's a collaboration together with WFA under their Planet Pledge initiative as well, which uh, pulls together world's uh, well-known companies, CMOs, in order to dedicate to a net zero, commit to a net zero world by 2030 in their business. And um, the aim of the study is actually to find a framework for operating, for marketing, in order to drive sustainable transformation. And with the study, we answered you know, the opportunities and challenges that marketing is facing in order to do that and came up with a framework, basically, to, to help marketing to operate in this new paradigm, if you like. And I'll come to what that new paradigm is. But about the mechanics of the study, uh, we started with, obviously, desktop research and literature research in terms of what we know, what we don't know. We then went and talked to 18 uh, CMOs, CSOs, and sustainability experts, as well as organizations across the broader marketing and sustainability ecosystem. And we explored and validated our learnings from the, the qual phase that we had with the truly global quantitative study uh, across around a thousand senior marketers across the globe. Uh, I think it's very useful to note here that uh, the, uh, the Sustainable Marketing 2030 study conducted in 2023 is actually a continuation from a similar study that WFA conducted before in 2021. Therefore, we also have had the opportunity to see how the learnings and the world have evolved, which provided us with some great insights as well. So very top line, I think, the, the key finding about the study is that marketing, you know, is doing quite a lot. There, are, there, are some, there is some progress, which is really great news. But over 90% of marketers agreed that uh, they need to do more. 
and the agendas need to be more ambitious and there needs to be more experimentation if we want to drive transformation with the ambition we want to drive. The other key um, notion that appeared out of the study and also as a result of, of course, not the surveys, but the, the literature search as well, that marketing needs to expand their scope in the value chain beyond their traditional moments of purchase and, and use moments and needs to feel not completely responsible, but needs to feel needs to have the right knowledge and influence across the whole value chain. And they need to do that with a circular mindset if we are to drive sustainable transformation. So those are the two key changes, radical changes, if I may, we are uh, suggesting in the study to marketing to adopt if they are to drive sustainable transformation in an ambitious way. And if you put that in the center, it is kind of the growth philosophy of marketing, isn't it? And every growth philosophy changes the way you behave as a function. And the framework talks about that if we adopt a full value chain understanding and circular growth as the growth philosophy in the middle, how do I then change as marketing the way that I operate? The, the first one is sustainability first. And it is really talking about you know, moving from a risk management angle on sustainability, uh, which is led more by finance and legal, to treat sustainability as a growth lever in an era of disruption and marketing really and needs to own it. Uh, the second one is called radical innovation. And, and, and it is about actually building businesses' resilience uh, with, with the brands uh, by decoding consumer change, uh, consumer change-driven environmental and societal disruption. And, and, and we see that as well, that many financial uh, investment companies and rating agencies increasingly leverage sustainable brands in their portfolios also as a resilience factor, which is another important point to add. The third one is uh, basically partnerships, which Sam and Poppy talked a lot about. And, and in summary, the scale of challenges we face, as they also uh, expressed, uh, they are so big and unprecedented that it requires us to collaborate uh, in a very different way, in a very big scale. And, and which requires also, which also brings discussions around pro or pre-competitive mindsets. Uh, as well, along with it. Um, the uh, fourth lever of marketing that we talk about is um, creativity into action. And there is a, that's deliberately named in that way. And, and again, very similarly to what Poppy and Sam said, what we communicate needs to be rooted in the action. And in this case, we are saying in the value chain action of the brand. It will help us make a big impact, but also serves as a perfect shield against greenwashing trend that's rising. And, and of course, in the end, helps in normalizing sustainable lifestyles by uh, changing the behavior. And finally, and maybe it is the starting point of the story, we talked about value redefined. It's the measurement angle of things, but we, we named it value redefined because it's about how you define the value, the contribution of your brand and business to the world, it needs to be, and, and also how you measure it. And it needs to be obviously extend, extended from a, a financial impact 
to environmental and societal impact and have a whole uh, more holistic view of the world. Uh, this is this is what the, the studies are basically exploring and recommending. Lovely, thank you, Aslam. Now, just I want to stay with you for one second now because obviously today we're we're focusing on the creativity into action lever. Could you just give us some examples there for for listeners so that it can make it a bit more concrete? Uh, sure, I guess uh, two examples that we used also in the report itself are still very relevant and very much you know to the key messages of the report as well. Uh, the main message in the creativity interaction is rooting communication in the in the value chain, isn't it? And and also we what we learned from the studies, uh, we need to basically normalize the sustainable lifestyles. And uh, in order to do that, we said actually we need to do it with a circular mindset. And and actually we uh, uh, IKEA is a is a great example of that. Uh, IKEA launched uh, the service Circular. It's a platform uh, of circular sales, which is about upcycling and resale of used furniture. And 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 the worldwide launch of the of the platform was both about inspiring consumers to sell their used furniture back to IKEA, and and giving them a second life, and also inspiring consumers to try something new by buying something old. Um, that is a good example of you know how we need to start thinking circular and and invent new business models to change consumer behavior, and we see that manifesting in a similar way in fashion industry and many other categories as well. Right, uh, the second one that I, I want to give is Oatly uh, because uh, they are a great example of you know not letting perfect perfect stand in the way of progressive messaging. Um, and 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 I think we need to, that's one of the key findings of the study that we need to be humble about transformation and how and what we communicate about it. So Oatly has actually product Oatly products have carbon emissions per kilogram on pack, as we all know, and they are basing their claims on a life cycle assessment approach covering stages from farm to shop, but they are not you know uh, able to measure the whole product life cycle, and they are very open about that and also the activities and initiatives that they are taking in order to take the you know, full approach in the future. So I think by choosing you know, to be humble and, and clearly talking about what they can robustly measure, and, and, and they are really you know, uh, being very transparent and, and they are also owning what they can't measure and taking responsibility to act upon it. Great, thanks, Aslam. I was talking to one of the CMOs from that we worked with on this, and and they were talking about you know the idea of redirecting communications to what they described as being programs of intervention and impact, which I think is quite you know is quite nice. I and mean, this is a major corporate we're talking here. Poppy, Sam, it would be great to get your perspective on this. You've talked a lot about the the impact word and how that's you know embedded into to what you do. Great to hear from you. Sure. I'm happy to jump in there. I think, Aslam, just picking up on three things you mentioned, it's the growth lever, um, partnerships and creativity into action, I think really, really resonate from, from our perspective. Um, 
we haven't mentioned this, but we work with major brands um, to create stories. Um, so Waterbear looks at how we can create stories a little bit differently to other streaming platforms. Um, we don't have the mega budgets of a Netflix to, to throw into content creation and, and film production. So we work with partners. Um, and one of the major challenges that is shifting, um, having been in marketing myself for now 15 years, you know, five, six, seven years ago, if someone had asked me to invest a marketing budget into sustainability, I'd have probably shivered and thought that's not going to affect my bottom line. How do I do that? Um, I've got KPIs to hit, sales to, to kind of hit. How do we make sure that how do we even siphon some of the marketing budget into sustainability? That's impossible. I think you still you still meet CMOs that are in that that kind of space and aren't seeing sustainability as the growth lever it can be yet um, because they're still still reporting into shareholders that that haven't necessarily seen that investing in in purpose, investing in sustainability and investing in the right kind of communications can be a huge growth lever um, and, and builds, you know, the brands we work with, we've seen investing in purpose as a huge driver for brand equity, um, authenticity, kind of that, that brand positioning. Um, so that's the first one just to touch on. The second piece is we talk a lot about what we call radical collaboration, but I, I'm on a mission to drop the word radical because I think the partnerships that we need to, to invest in and to drive as organizations shouldn't be seen as radical anymore. They need to be seen as the norm. Um, and at Waterbear, we talk about collaboration with NGOs, as I've mentioned, with filmmakers, with other platforms. So we work with the, the likes of the Netflixes um, and also brands. So how do you bring brands, NGOs, platforms, filmmakers all together to create something that is going to touch citizens to, to, to ultimately drive that impact that we've talked about? And to do that, you need creativity at the heart of it all. Um, so it's it's marrying for me. It's it's how do you marry all of those things that have come up in that report, Aslam, to, to drive change? Um, and creativity is the kind of linchpin of that. It's how do we take, and again, I'm talking about it from Waterbear's perspective, but how do we create film and content that taps into, how, how do we, that A, normalizes sustainable lifestyle, but also surprises people, engages people, drives that aha moment. Um, And we need to play with formats. We need to play with with, um, entertainment. We need to to kind of meet people where they are with the right platforms, with the right content, with the right social channels. Um, So for me, it's really about how can we how can we bring everything in that report together? um, Because they are they are fundamental, inextricably linked, um, inextricably, intrinsically, I think I meant to use that. Um, um, And that's that's, you know, it's it's great to see. It's great to see that marketing is being seen as a driving force for that because i really do think marketing holds the keys the keys to change i think it is it is the key right? yeah I think that we have to we have to be really kind of upfront and blunt about this it, it's the key um the climate crisis and other crises that we face were created by hum, human behavior and the only thing that's going to you know get us to where we need to be is changes in human behavior and the greatest thing we have to change human behavior is of course storytelling and communications um, and I think, you know, using just one example, maybe just to add to, to um, what, what Poppy's mentioned, Nikon, you know, phenomenal, you know, legacy camera tech brand um, have worked with us now for three years. And, you know, I would proudly say the boundaries of their storytelling um, have have really now, you know, moved into a, a fantastic and exciting new arena. For example, they wanted to talk much more around 
inclusivity with a project that we were working on with them. So again, not strictly sustainability, but of course, very linked. And we worked with this young filmmaker uh, from the LGBTQIA plus community. And uh, we facilitated this interaction between a young creator, a legacy, incredible brand like Nikon, um, and of course, the Water Bear team about how we could actually bring this story to life. And just hearing that filmmaker stand on stage last week and talk about how she never would have expected in her wildest dreams to have not only the access and support of someone like Nikon, the camera tech support, the expertise, and then also the kind of executive production facilitation that we play was was a very, very moving moment. And, you know, Nikon have now reported some incredible results from that. And, you know, not only has that um, enabled talent retention and, and recruitment at the company to, to, to go to the place they wanted to go, there's there's just so much sentiment benefit um, to to working on projects like this that can really drive change. And that is just purely from being as creative as possible with the storytelling. Um, and just so, yeah, we're, we're, we couldn't be more behind this, to be honest. Can I add something to that as well? Um, in two words, building brands into the culture uh, is, I think, an important one to mention here. And that's what you are trying to do in, the most, in its most impactful way, isn't it? Uh, if you want to build brands into the culture, where else is the best platform than the movie industry? I find it so fundamental collaboration to have to, you know, it's not only about making documentaries and film, but also looking at the, you know, films and how we can actually change the way the films are being made and really reflect those sustainable lifestyles in the Hollywood world already, perhaps, in a way. You can go as far as that, I guess, which you probably are thinking. Um, or what are the right movies that we can collaborate with? And, and make a scene in those movies as well so that we can capture those that audience that we're after in the right moment to create that aha moment. Uh, maybe I'm repeating what you said, but this is really exciting to me because it is really uh, building brands into the culture in its most impactful form to me. Absolutely. And I think we talk about, well, we, we all probably on this call talk about brands sitting at the heart of culture. You know, they have the zeitgeist, they have the fandom. So if you can build them into into the right film, um, they can bring their audience and their community to engage with it, which I think is a really powerful, powerful tool. Just thinking of your comment there, Aslam, of um, making the right film. Um, I think that's that's a stance that Water Bear takes is what is the audience that we're trying to capture? What are we trying to achieve and who are we talking to? And to that end, it's then what is the right story to appeal to that that audience and what are the right brands to match make with that story to ensure that we're, we're you know, targeting exactly who we want to target to drive the impact that we want to create. Um, and that's quite an exciting creative challenge, I guess. So final question, this podcast is called Sustainable Futures. Um, where next for, for Water Baron and, and how do you see your role in creating a sustainable future? In a word, Jonathan, it's community, really. Um, I, it's been touched on throughout this, this wonderful podcast, but the sense of community, I think the future of media is, is, is niche. I think everyone is pulling back from the bundled approach, the mass consolidation. Everyone's trying to find their tribe uh, and trying to figure out how they can connect with their tribe and what brands and partners represent their tribe. And I think obviously this this movement of purpose-led communication, sustainability marketing um, and impact is, is, a, is a hell of a tribe. Um, and there's a lot of people out there who are feeling, I think, isolated and disconnected. One of the 
biggest and most clear insights we had from six months of deep audience work and, and, and research with our growing community is people really want to connect with other like-minded individuals in this space. And I know it sounds simple, um, but the current platforms on the market are not facilitating a safe and nurtured and inclusive and collaborative space to be able to uh, meet like-minded individuals and connect with others and share stories and bond and and innovate. And I think that really is how we as Water Bear want to contribute to to this 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 global movement, really creating those spaces through storytelling, through media, through culture, through the movie industry, as Oslam says, to be able to enable those those interactions. And I think community really is is the way that we will um, we will we will reach the goals that we're aspiring to create. Would you agree, Poppy? Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself, Sam. Well, look, thank you, Poppy and Sam. Um, pleasure and a privilege, as always. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. It's really important. And as we said, right at the heart of culture. So we need we need you and your skills to be able to affect the change that we all need. So, Aslam and I, thank you for, for today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You have been listening to Sustainable Futures, Cantor's sustainability podcast. I hope our episode gave you new insights on the intersection between brands, people, and social and environmental sustainability. Join us next time and continue to learn how marketing can create a fairer, greener future. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast platform for new content coming soon.